It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shirts fans to episode number 707 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. I just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And the Rangers coming off of a tough 2-1 to loss in Nashville against the Predators last night, Saturday night. This is, of course, a special Sunday morning edition of Locked On New York Rangers here. And the Rangers are going to be back in action later today at home against the Coyotes. But tough game for the Rangers, like I said. You know, a game where I, I thought they had the better of play. They outshoot the uh, they outshoot the Predators rather, thirty-five to eighteen. Win fifty-one percent of the faceoffs. Out hit them thirty-two to twenty-five. I thought they outchanced them. I thought they spent a little bit more time in the attacking zone, uh, but they lose the game two to one. Couple of goals given up that were the result of some miscues by the Rangers, which is unfortunately been kind of a theme uh, as far as this young season is concerned. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, the line combinations that the Rangers went with. Vitaly Krasov, of course, not in the lineup, so uh, that caused the Rangers to make a couple of adjustments. Uh, we are going to break down all three goals that were scored in this game, including the one by Philip Heal, who continues uh, you know, his pretty strong play thus far in the season. Uh, I'm going to stick up for Yaroslav Halak a little bit. He's now winless in five starts as a Ranger, but uh, he deserves quite a bit better than what he's gotten. I, I think he's played well, not fantastic, but certainly he does not deserve to be winless uh, at this point in the campaign here. Got a lot more to say about uh, Miller and Truba. Going to talk about that and their performance and maybe even bring up the concept of potentially splitting them up going forward. Uh, the Ranger power play, rough night for them. They go 0 for 5, including a double minor toward the end of the game. And of course, the fifth, the fisticuffs in this uh, contest here with the Predators. It got pretty nasty for two teams that don't really have a ton of history. But yeah, let's go ahead and dive right into it. Start with the line combinations. So again, Vitaly Krasov, not in the lineup. Uh, the Rangers said before the game that he had the flu, and then after the game, he apparently said that he had a tooth infection. So, yeah, I guess six for one and half a dozen for the other. Bottom line, Vitaly Krasov was not in the lineup, and uh, no word as of yet, and it is Sunday morning as I'm recording this, if he'll be in the lineup for the game against the Coyotes uh, tonight. We shall see, and we'll see who comes out of the lineup if that indeed ends up being the case. And, um... Yeah, so the Rangers, obviously, you got to make some adjustments. Kraftsoff had been playing on the Panarin line with the Breadman and with Trocek. And, you know, with Kraftsoff being out, the options are plentiful. I mean, you could go with Alexi Lafreniere moving back to the second line. He obviously played with Panarin and Trocek for a while. You could maybe try Capo Caco there. Uh, you could maybe try Hedl there, but... He you really can't, on the other hand, because, you know, the Rangers only have four centers in the lineup in this game, so Hedl pretty much has to center the third line. If you move him to, like, second line right wing, uh, I don't know who centers the third line. You can move Goodrow up there, but then you've got nobody to center the fourth line. So Hedl probably wasn't an option, uh, but the Rangers choose to go with Julian Gauthier, moving him from the fourth line to the second line and keeping the kid line intact, which this was actually kind of my preferred, uh, you know, strategy going into the game. 
Uh, the kid line had looked really good in the previous game. I don't think they stood out as much in this one. Um, you know, Grant, they were out there for the uh, the goal that was scored by the Rangers, so that was good. Filipino scored the goal, but uh, not quite as impressive of an outing from the kid line as uh, we saw in the most recent game. And then the fourth line, you've got Goodrow centering Sammy Blay on the left wing, Ryan Reeves on the right wing, and Reeves obviously factored into this game uh, quite a bit, you know, got involved in some of the fisticuffs. He was out there hitting everybody that moved. Uh, Carpenter, a healthy scratch for the second game in a row, and Yaroslav Halak between the pipes. Uh, as far as the fisticuffs are concerned, we might as well jump right into these because this had uh, a lot of people talking and uh, certainly got everybody's attention on social media. But this game got really nasty. Once again, uh, for two teams that are not division rivals, not even conference rivals, uh, it's gotten quite shippy between these two teams in recent seasons. I remember a game around this time last year. It was October of last year where the Rangers went into Nashville, won a really tough grinded-out game, final score 3-1 to one in favor of the Rangers. Uh, but that game got a little bit nasty, too. Predators play that, you know, grinding, just nasty kind of style, and uh, it, it's the kind of, you know, team that the Rangers struggle against. It, it almost is like they're the Islanders of the Western Conference in some ways. But, yeah, this one got chippy. It got nasty. And uh, the, the first really big incident was after the goal that was scored by Filipino. You know, Lindgren had been involved in uh, a little bit of fisticuffs, not fisticuffs really, but he was trying to get at Johansson earlier in the game and was not able to do so. But then you get this goal by Filipino. That cuts the Nashville lead to 2-1. to one. You've got the ensuing faceoff pretty much immediately after it happened. You've got a collision near the boards with Lindgren and Lazard uh, mixed up. And the next thing you know, they drop the, the gloves and they're fighting. And uh, Lindgren, uh, he's awesome. You know, tough as nails player. He lost his fight pretty bad. Uh, he was bleeding to the surprise of absolutely no one. Uh, but Lindgren heads to the bench to obviously get some work done there. And obviously, you know, he was going to have to serve the five-minute penalty anyway. Um, but, you know, Gallant was not happy about this. He was yelling at the Nashville bench. And he responded by putting his fourth line on the ice, which obviously includes Ryan Reeves. And Reeves ends up in a fight a little bit later in this game. And we're going to get to that. Uh, but first, you know, a couple of the other, you know, just kind of, Chippiness, the incidents, uh, you know, leading into the fight that involved Reeves. Uh, you had Hayek and McCarron. They got really tied up after the whistle. Uh, there was a situation where the Predators were trying to gain the Rangers' zone, and Hayek did a nice job on this play. He stood up McCarron at the blue line, forced the play to be offside, and then they were kind of tangled up right after the whistle, and Hayek shoves him, and they're kind of, you know, wrestling back and forth a little bit. McCarron quite a bit bigger than Hayek, but nice job by Hayek there. First of all, forcing the play offside, and uh, secondly, once again, uh, you know, just standing up for himself and uh, mixing it up with a guy that's a little bit bigger than he is. Uh, but then, a little bit later in this game, you had Reeves, presumably standing up for Hayek. He was challenging McCarron to fight. McCarron wanted no part of it. And um, then you get a big hit by Reeves on McDonough a little bit later in the third period. And you don't really see fights at this point in the game. I believe there were about seven minutes or so to go. And you've got... Uh, Janot challenging Reeves after Reeves had hit McDonough. Reeves was out there, like I said, hitting anything that moved. You know he was looking to get into a fight, and he did here. You know, Janot landed a, a couple of jabs, but I would say Reeves won this fight. Landed some hard punches and kind of threw him down at the end. Um, but, you know, that's—Reeves has kind of drawn the ire of certain New York Ranger fans. And to be fair, you know, as I was watching this game unfold, I did kind of have that thought in my head where, you know, if Reeves isn't going to drop the gloves and he isn't going to fight somebody in this game— uh, then he probably doesn't really need to be out there. I mean, it's not like there's a ton of, you know, phenomenal alternatives 
the alternative for this game would have been uh, putting Carpenter into the lineup and moving Goodrow from center to wing and keeping Reeves out of the lineup. Um, but yeah, Reeves, you know, he, for him to really be worth it for the Rangers, and I realize, you know, he's very well liked by his teammates. Uh, he has that unique leadership role that he has. Um, you know, he does the whole release us Shesty thing at the start of every game. I think he is good for team chemistry, but his big thing is being an enforcer and uh, going out there and making sure his guys are protected. So uh, I would have not been uh, too happy if Reeves didn't get into a fight by the end of this game. Um, and, and, you know, it's hard because you can't make somebody drop his gloves and fight you, but uh, you hit enough people, sooner or later you're going to force the issue a little bit, and that's what happened. And uh, Reeves doing a nice job here getting into the fight and winning the fight. And uh, I figure we're going to uh, keep it going here. I do want to talk about, you know, the goals that were allowed by the Rangers. Again, you know, I feel like I don't want to never give credit to the opponent, but I feel like these goals were due largely to the Rangers. Again, just kind of shooting themselves in the foot, not being as sharp as they need to be. Also got to talk about a couple of injuries that the Rangers sustained in this game because right now it feels like the Rangers cannot get through a hockey game without, you know, at least a couple of in-game injuries. And like I said, we're going to talk about all that in just a second. But first, I just got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Simply Safe. If you thought about securing your home with home security, but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up right now. Locked On New York Rangers listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you don't want to miss it. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report for the third year in a row. In an emergency, 24/7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and out. Smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. 24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than a dollar a day, less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere. Arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that we recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so do not wait. That is simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There is no safe like Simply Safe. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here, and let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey, boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game-changer. Check out Transaction Eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit, Discover Bank, member FDIC. All right, and we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. 
And, you know, I mentioned, obviously, you know, Lindgren had to leave the game for a little while. He was cut pretty bad, you know, bleeding all over the ice, par for the course when it comes to Ryan Lindgren, obviously a hard-nosed player. But it kind of just made me think at that point that it feels like it's really, really hard for the Rangers to get through a game without any injuries. And it's nobody's fault, and I'm not making excuses for this team. Uh, when you look at, you know, the superstar players, they've pretty much stayed on the ice for uh, the entire season. Uh, no injuries to any of the big five as far as, you know, the, the scoring threats are concerned. You know, Panarin, Mika, Kreider, Trocek, and Fox. No injuries to Igor or anything like that. Knock on wood for all those guys. It seems to be mostly depth players that are getting hurt. You know, Lindgren had to miss a couple of games. That's obviously a big loss, too. But again, they just can't get through a game without somebody getting hurt. It, it does feel that way. Now, in this game, a couple of different injuries, but it felt like everybody was back in relatively short order. As I mentioned, you know, Lindgren had to leave after his fight. Uh, Trocek left the game briefly. He came back. Sammy Blay left the game very briefly. He might not have even missed a shift, but uh, he was down after he blocked a shot. And while I'm on the subject, I actually do want to talk about that play. There was a situation where the Predators got a four-on-two break into the Rangers' zone. Trouba was kind of caught in deep in the Nashville zone. So Miller is back, and Blay is back. And Blay did a great job here, uh, great positioning, and he went down, blocked the shot, took one for the team, uh, got, I mean, just absolutely just spot on, an absolute snipe, and uh, that could not have felt very good at all. You also uh, had a situation later in this game where Mika Zibanejad was taking a slap shot, and nobody wants to get hit by a Mika Zibanejad, Mika Zibanejad slap shot, but especially nobody wants to get hit by a Mika Zibanejad slap shot in the face, which is exactly what happened to Jimmy Vesey. He was behind the Nashville net. Uh, he went down. You know, the Rangers were checking on him. Ryan McDonough was there. He's now on the Predators. He was checking on him as well. Uh, but it seemed like he was okay. You know, he, he was back in this game not too long after that. But this is a tough game, man. You just an adults game of hockey. Uh, very much a grind-it-out kind of game. Very nasty after the whistles, between the whistles. And, uh, yeah, very, very physical. Would have been a great game for the Rangers to pull out, which they nearly did. Uh, they came close again in the equalizer on a couple of occasions late in this game. We're going to get to that in due time here. Uh, but I do want to talk about... Uh, Yaroslav Halak's overall performance because he deserves so much better than his 0-4-1 record. And I'm going to break down the two goals that the Predators scored. And I also want to talk a little bit more about Miller and Truba. I already sort of called Truba out there for getting caught in deep. And, you know, Sammy Blay had to go back, bail him out, get hit by a slap shot. Um, but with Halak, I really feel for him because you're the backup goalie. You're only going to play so often. And anytime you lose a game as a backup goalie, you know it's going to be uh, at least some time before you're back out there on the ice. And so, you know, he, he's got to sit on this 0-5 record for at least another couple of games here. Obviously, Igor, I haven't seen anything official for the Rangers, but let's be real, he's going to play tonight. I would imagine he'll be back out there, you know, four days later when the Rangers play at Seattle. And the Rangers need to start winning some games, so they might lean on Igor a little bit more. But Halak, man, I mean, I think so far this season, again, five starts, I would say three of them have been good to great I would say one was so-so. That was the game against the Islanders. And one was flat-out bad. That was, again, against the Blue Jackets. But he does not deserve to be winless when you look at that track record. And he held it down in this game. You know, a couple of saves on some partial breakaways by the Predators. Uh, he robbed Duchesne, Duchesne excuse me, uh, kind of late in this game. That was a big stop. That was when the Rangers were uh, still chasing a goal in the third period. You know, the Ranger power play was not very good in this game, so he didn't get any help there. Uh, the Rangers got a couple of chances on the power play, but they were 0-5. Uh, the reason I bring that up, though, is that Halak ended up making a couple of saves, really good saves, while the Rangers were shorthanded. The Rangers gave up way too many shorthanded chances in this game. And in fact, the Rangers and Predators in this game won a combined 0-9 on the power play. 
And honestly, it felt like there were as many shorthanded chances as there were, you know, chances for the team that actually had the power play. But Halak coming up with some big saves and bailing the Rangers out while the Rangers were on the man advantage, obviously making some saves while they were shorthanded as well. Uh, so that was obviously very nice to see. As far as the two goals that he did allow, the first one, you know, the Predators break out after Keandre Miller was caught in deep in the attacking zone. Uh, Parsonen is making his NHL debut. He goes up the right side, goes right around Alexi Lafreniere, who was back there trying to cover for Miller. Uh, Truba then converges on Parsonen, went for the, you know, big knockout hit instead of just trying to poke the puck away from him. And I realized, you know, generally speaking, you want to see your defense and take the body I think an exception can be made on this play because Truba, like I said, he, he seemed hell-bent on just laying out this kid. I, I'm sure he would have done it clean. You know, I do think most of Truba's hits always stay on the clean side. He does toe the line a little bit. But for the most part, uh, his, his hits are clean as a whistle. And we've, we've kind of established that uh, throughout the seasons here on Locked on New York Rangers. But in this case, you know, this kid's going to the net. He's clearly getting ready to unleash his shot. You can reach out your stick and affect the shot, poke the puck away a lot quicker than you'll be able to get over there and go body on body and knock him to the ice. And I think Truba would have been much better served uh, doing that, you know, just trying to poke the puck away instead of going for that, you know, bone-jarring hit. But Lafreniere, you know, he uh, he bears some responsibility here too. And I realize he's kind of out of his element in this spot, but he's got to create at least a little bit more resistance here. You know, he had positioning. He had the inside, you know, path to the net. And instead, uh, Parson just goes right around him like he's not even there, drives to the net, and scores. You know, Lafreniere, again, he, he's out of his element here, but he's got to make it at least a little bit more difficult for Parson to get to the net here. Uh, he might as well have not even been here the way that Parson got to the net. So that was unfortunate. As far as the second goal is concerned, uh, Predators dumped the puck into the Ranger zone, 50-50 uh, puck in the corner. And before I go any further, Miller and Truber were out there for the first goal. Guess which two Ranger defensemen were out there for the second goal? Miller and Truba. And this one, to be fair, was not on them uh, as much as some other goals have been. Uh, there was a turnover by Trocek here. The whole thing wasn't very good. But to kind of continue here, as I mentioned, the Predators dump the puck into the Rangers zone. There's a 50-50 puck in the corner. Miller loses it. Puck goes around behind the net. Trocek is able to retrieve it. Uh, Trocek tries to play it up the boards but does not clear it, does not get it out of the Rangers zone. Uh, Roman Yossi has it. Uh, Yossi dances around Trocek. And Trocek's been really good for the Rangers, but not a banner highlight reel shift here for him. Uh, Yossi gets around Trocek, passes in front to Jankowski. Jankowski's all alone in front of the Ranger net. It's amazing to me how many times this season we've seen Miller and Truba, first of all, on the ice for goals, and secondly, just leaving the, the, the front of the net as wide open as they have. You know, Truba went down. I can see what he's doing here. Before the pass is made, he went down to a knee looking to block the shot, which you know he's going to do. You know, Truba's tough as nails, and he'll block a shot for you. Um, but... Kind of took himself out of the play. The pass was made. And Miller was guarding somebody much farther away from the net than Jankowski. I don't know if he just lost track of Jankowski or what happened here. But Jankowski all alone in, in front of the net. Tips it in. And that's that. And the Predators go up 2 to nothing. The bottom line, though, the Rangers need to get Yaroslav Halak a win. Again, he, his numbers, they don't look very good because he's got a 322 goals against average. He's got an 883 save percentage. That's a little bit misleading, though. He got lit up by the Blue Jackets. They got him for five goals, and that was his one bad game of the season. But for the most part, he's played very, very well, including in this game. And uh, not not fantastic, not all-star worthy play from Yaroslav Halak, but good backup goalie play and somebody that certainly does not deserve to be winless uh, through his first five games based on how he has played. So uh, they need to get better in front of him, and they need to pick Yaroslav Halak up uh, the next time this guy starts because he deserves a win, uh, that is for sure. 
I want to uh, keep things moving along in just a second here. We're going to break down Filipino's goal. I'm also going to talk about some of the chaos at the end of this game in the third period. Rangers came close to, uh, you know, getting the equalizer. wasn't meant to be. Uh, UC Saros was on top of his game. That's another thing. I mean, the Rangers certainly bear a lot of responsibility in their overall lackluster start to the season, but it, it really does feel like uh, they're getting the best of every single goalie every single time they play, whether it's an all-star calib- caliber goalie like UC Saros or somebody that you've barely heard of. It, it seems like every goalie is bringing their A game. Uh, but we're going to get to all that in just a second. First, though, I got to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league. From football to basketball to hockey and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, keep things moving along here. Do want to talk about this goal by Philip Hedl. This came in the second period. Got the Rangers back into the game a little bit here. Close to within one. They were obviously having some trouble solving UC Saros in this game, but Philip Hedl uh, finally gets one past him. And uh, yeah, this one, you know, again, the Rangers, I felt like despite the fact that they were down by two goals in the game, I thought they were uh, overall having the better of play. Uh, but in this case here, you've got the Predators passing the puck out of their zone. Filipino deflects it in the neutral zone. Puck goes to Adam Fox. Fox carries it over the blue line and uh, passes to his left to Capo Caco. Caco takes a shot from the top of the left circle. It deflects wide, but Fox goes behind the net, retrieves it. Uh, Fox is so good at making it look like he's going to pass and then shoot or making it look like he's going to go this way and go that way. Uh, His puck handling is just absolutely incredible uh, up there with pretty much anybody in the league, not just defensemen. Uh, But he really made it look like he was going to skate out the other side of the net. And instead, hits the brakes, goes back the other way, and finds Filipino in front. A nice shot by Filipino as well. A couple of Predators in the area, and uh, he created a passing lane for Fox, and Fox gets it to him. He'll takes a, a shot from the top of the uh, slot there, the high slot, and scores. And just like that, the Rangers now cut to within 2-1. to one. Capo Caco, by the way, gets a secondary assist here, so... He's got four points in his last five games. Nice to see Capo Caco moving in the right direction. Again, I do think his play this season has been better than his point total would suggest, but you hope that it shows up in a more tangible way and he eventually starts, you know, lighting up the score sheet uh, like we all hope he will. You know, year four for Capo Caco, and uh, they're going to need big-time contributions from him if they're going to be the team that they want to be. Also got to talk about a situation where... The Rangers came within an eyelash of getting the game-tying goal in the third period. They pretty much should have gotten the game-tying goal here in the third period. Julian Gauthier. So, Gauthier, golden opportunity in this game. Gets to play with Panarin and with Trocek due to the uh, tooth infection to Vitaly Krasov, or the flu, or whatever it was. Whatever kept Vitaly Krasov out of the game. And, you know, again, they decide to take a leap of faith, keep the kid line together. That means moving Julian Gauthier up to the second line from the fourth line. Golden opportunity here. 
And, and Gautier, you know, a couple of goals recently. He's got, you know, one or two assists recently. He's looked decent at times. And then you have games like this where he basically just disappears. You barely even notice that he's out there. Uh, and in this situation, uh, a chance for him to have what I would say probably would have been his biggest moment as a New York Ranger. I mean, the Rangers trying to get this season off the ground a little bit here, playing a tough, physical, hard-nosed game against the Nashville Predators, trailing by a goal. They had been down by two goals earlier in this game. Gautier has a chance for the game-tying goal. Vincent Trocek passes to Jacob Truba in deep. Uh, Truba has a chance to shoot, but he's at a little bit of a sharp angle. Soros really commits to Truba. I mean, he thinks that Truba is going to shoot it, and Truba could have shot it. Instead, he looks to pass to Julian Gautier. And I also just want to say that this is why I sometimes defend the one pass too many. You know, a lot of people in a play like this will say, oh, one pass too many, one pass too many. The thing is, if you complete that last pass, it's going to be pretty much an automatic goal, as this one would have been. But Truba passes across the top of the crease to Julian Gautier. Gautier is right there on the doorstep, possibly going to get the tip-in goal. Couldn't do it. Just couldn't get the puck into the net. And, you know, Sam and Joe, they, they were talking about this play after it happened. They showed the replay, and they suggested that maybe the pass was a little bit, you know, toward his skate, a little bit out of his reach, maybe a little bit. But to me, this has to be a goal. You know, Gautier has to find a way to get his stick on this puck. All he's got to do is just redirect it. The net was wide open and was not able to do so. And the Rangers never got the equalizer. They had their chances, but this one was as golden of an opportunity as you're going to see. And I mean, Gautier, you know, I'm still rooting for him. I'm still hoping that it works out. But his inability to finish scoring opportunities is once again, just a gigantic Achilles heel. And in this case, you know, it's one thing if it happens when the Rangers are up five to one, but they're in, like I said, this adults game of hockey here, this hard-nosed blue collar game of hockey. It would have been a big time character win for the Rangers to tie this game and possibly go on to win it. Um, not able to do so and not able to get the uh, the game time goal right here from Julian Gauthier. So very unfortunate that Gauthier was not able to finish his opportunity and we'll see what happens tonight. If uh, Kravtsov's back in, I would imagine Gautier is out of the top six. If Kravtsov does not play, maybe he gets another game with Panarin and, Trokin, uh, Panarin and Trocek, but we shall see. Then we got to talk about this, another golden opportunity that the Rangers had late in this game. Uh, Lazan caught Sammy Blay with a high stick. It becomes a double minor for the New York Rangers. This happens with 6.19 to go. So a huge opportunity here. Rangers down by a single goal. I mean... Hey, you could score twice on this double minor, score in the first half of it, score in the back half of it, and just like that, you're winning. The Rangers have a good, good enough power play that you could at least believe that, that has a chance of happening. But I think certainly as a Ranger fan at this point in the game, the way it's gone so far, the way Saros has played, and uh, the fact that you've been down by two goals earlier in this game, I think at this point, you probably sign up for just one goal. I was thinking the Rangers would at least get one. Uh, they were not able to do it. Um, unfortunately, you know, Mika Zibanejad has a chance with a one-timer, uh, glove stop by Saros. Uh, Mika later had another chance to take a one-timer. Instead, he goes with a slap pass for Kreider. Kreider just missed it in deep. Uh, he had Panarin with a shot. Saros making a really good kick save. Uh, Mika got to the rebound. He put it just wide. Uh, the second unit got out there, got a couple of chances. Filipino with a really nice job uh, keeping the puck in the Nashville zone. Panarin gets another chance, another rebound. I mean, just complete chaos. And then toward the end of this uh, four-minute double minor to the Predators, the Rangers, with 2.50 left in the game, pull Yaroslav Halak to get the 6-on-4 advantage. Now, in a recent episode, I mentioned that I think at times, Gallant, and a lot of coaches around the league, it's not just Gerard Gallant, I think there are times that they pull the goalie a little bit too early. Because I, I hate when a team pulls the goalie with, like, 
2.30 left, and then you give up a goal 15 seconds later, and now you're down by two goals instead of one. But I actually like the move here because the Rangers were on the power play, and it gives you a chance for a six on four, which obviously increases your uh, opportunity to score. And on top of that, you know, the Nashville pre- Predator uh, penalty killers were trapped in their zone. They were on the ice forever. They could not get to the puck. They could barely skate. And so given that they were so far back on their heels, I actually like this. Continue to apply the pressure. Go with the six on four. Take that little bit of a gamble of giving up the empty netter. Uh, I like the oper- the idea here, though, by Galan. I-, I think this is the way to go. Unfortunately, just didn't lead to a goal. Finally get a, a play stoppage with 149 left. Uh, the power play expires. And I think at this point, the best opportunity that the Rangers got Came with about 20 seconds left. You know, Fox goes up the ice. Uh, he leaves it for Trocek. Uh, you know, pass a Trocek into the slot area. The save was made. And then the Predators take an icing with uh, 0.6 seconds left. And then for some reason, they change it from 0.6 to 0.1. And uh, Gallant was just furious at the refs after this. I don't know exactly why he was so mad about this, going from 0.6 seconds to 0.1 second. Maybe he thought that, you know, there should have been more time left on uh, on the clock instead of either 0.1 seconds or 0.6 seconds. Um, but maybe also he was a little bit mad about, you know, the way this game had been officiated. It was a lot of ticky-tack penalties both ways in this game. Uh, but Gallant was all fired up. Maybe he's trying to light a fire under the Rangers a little bit. He knows they're playing, uh, you know, later tonight on Sunday night. So, uh, but he, he was all sorts of animated and all sorts of fired up uh, during this game. You know, he got into it with the Nashville bench a little bit after everything that happened with the fisticuffs, and also here at the very end of the game. Uh, but unfortunately, again, just another hard luck loss for the Rangers. It was a, a tight game, a defensive struggle at times, a nasty game at times. The Rangers just come up a little bit short. They got to win this game against the Predators. Uh, the Predators are starting a goalie who, Connor Ingram, he's played seven career games, a goals against average of 4.08, a save percentage of... Uh, not very good either. I don't have it written down, I'm realizing now, but uh, a 2-5 and five record, and uh, it's just, it's a game that you have to win, because if you lose this game, then you've lost another one. You've lost five out of six going into a three-day break, and you cap it all off with a loss of the Coyotes, which would not be good. Coyotes are a better team than they've been in the past. They've actually won three out of their last four. Uh, they lost in New Jersey last night, uh, so they'll be playing the second game of a back-to-back as well, but I don't care. The Rangers are playing a rebuilding team, a team that has not been good in a very long time. It's a game they absolutely must win. Going home in Madison Square Garden, you've got the Vesna winner going up against a guy who has, once again, a uh, career goals against average north of four. So, got to be a win for the Rangers. This is close of a must-win game as they've played all season. Got to get this one, go into the break, uh, feeling good about yourselves, and hopefully coming back refreshed when they go on this uh, upcoming road trip. Going to be a lot of West Coast games, and... um, you know, hopefully they're, they're feeling better about themselves and they can go on the road and win some games. They've been good on the road this year, have the Rangers. So we will see how that all shakes out. The only other thing that I got to mention here before we call it, uh, Brandon Offman has been traded. Nobody panic, though. He has not been traded by the Rangers. He's been traded within the OHL. He goes from the Flint Firebirds to the Peterborough Peets. Uh, Flint receives Artem Guriev, a 2024 second rounder, a 2023 third rounder, and a 2026 third rounder. And it felt like this was kind of out of nowhere. But, you know, Othman, you know, he had actually been suspended not that long ago. There was an incident where uh, he got to a loose puck and just shot it into the bench of the opposing team. I don't know if you could ever really prove intent 100% on something like this, but it certainly looked like it was on purpose, and he was chirping with their bench after it happened. Um, So he's been traded, and uh, 
you know, again, it felt like it was kind of out of nowhere. He had been the captain of the Flint Firebirds. He had 24 points in 16 games this year. Last year, he had 97 points in 66 games. So kind of surprising that he would be traded. But he actually took to uh, Twitter to kind of address everything. And Twitter right now is kind of a mess, even more so than it usually is. Uh, the whole blue checkmark system thing is just kind of... Uh, it's a mess right now. It's just a complete disaster. And Brennan Othman on Twitter does not have the blue check mark next to his name. Even if he did, there's no way to prove that it's really him. But I'm assuming that it is him because this account is being followed by a lot of, uh, you know, prominent New York Ranger media members. So I think I can pretty safely say that this is Brennan Othman here. He wrote uh, a pretty long, uh, you know, goodbye to, uh, to the Flint fans and everything. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's pretty long. There were a couple of, of tweets that he sent one right after the other here. But again, very thankful to Flint, very thankful to the fans. He mentioned that he has two grandparents that are really struggling with their health right now. He wanted to be closer to home with his family and uh, basically said that he's excited for the next chapter and uh, thank the fans for all the, the positive messages and the, and the posts. Uh, but for anybody wondering, the Rangers have no say when something like this happens. The OHL operates pretty independently of the NHL. And so, you know, teams can trade and do whatever they want to do. Um, I would imagine, you know, NHL teams, I don't know. I, I would think they probably wouldn't be thrilled when things like this happen because they don't have any control over it. And obviously, Brent Othman has done fantastic with Flint. So they would probably want him to continue his development there. Uh, but it is what it is. Othman now traded to the Peterborough Peets, but he still remains with the New York Rangers. Has not been traded as far as NHL teams are concerned. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.